Prep Basketball Confidential. Dick Van Dyke of Plants World is proud to support the outstanding high school basketball played throughout central Illinois. Buckle up for a fast 60 minutes with News Gazette Media's Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. They let us back on the air. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. That was Colin Likas breaking it down <laughs> for the first time in 2019. I'm Jim Rosso. Jim was taking notes, so I decided to jump in. Coming from a junior high gym, so I'm a little late <laughs> to the show. We're uh, here with you're right on time. Evan Kahn, Tamara McDaniel. Welcome to the first Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential Show of 2019. Happy to kick it off. All right. We've missed a couple weeks because of the doggone holidays. Yeah, we had to... Uh, we had to wait uh wait to get back uh, holiday tournaments have come and gone we're going to talk about those later on mm-hmm. i got to go to one uh, big games this weekend colin's going to kind of look ahead he'll look back he'll talk about his uh rankings that are almost correct almost i looked at him it's congratulations yeah wait, where where did i mess up this week well just a couple gonna, places you're gonna let point. me know later <laughs> i may point them out that's fair we're here in downtown champagne come by say hi at the news gazette media studios it's come. dark it's dark out we can't see out there but you know just knock really loudly yeah come say hi to colin like us yeah. doing a bang up job as our preps coordinator at the news gazette uh, covering all things about the high school. You were at Combs Gym today. I was. Doing a little uh, feature ahead of a uh, big rivalry game on Friday. Combs Gym, the gym that never cools off at any point whatsoever. Wow. It's always 90 degrees. That's how it should be. It's old school. <laughs> the players right. tell me that, too. They say it's the hottest gym they've ever been in. I need to know your top 10 gyms in the area. Oh, that's tough. I would have to put some work into that. I don't want to just go in half just, cocked on that just do it i was told at uh, the a game on friday night that oakwood is the place you oakwood, gotta go the pit the pit's nice because there's no room between the baseline and the wall no there is not uh, yeah <laughs> is that right yeah I, i've been there before I, all right I, I saw i've seen a volleyball game there a volleyball match there it's yeah nice gym it's uh very close quarters okay that's old school as well. Oh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of gyms around here are old school. I like Urbana Middle School, which they used yeah. to move the bigger Big 12 games to out of Oscar Adams. How many how many nice gyms does uh, Monticello have at this point? They the, have like eight gyms. Well, that... their junior high gym is to die for, right? Yeah. That's where they hold the big sectionals and, yeah. and such, kind of like Urbana. They move it yeah. when they need to have more seats. St. Joe, similarly, they, they've got some nice uh, younger school gyms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent shootout over at St. Joe. Congratulations to the Spartans for putting on a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was excellent. You know what I miss, Colin? What's that? I miss having the all the the lineup at the State Farm Center when uh, mm-hmm. they used to have six or seven games in a row on a yeah. sleepy December Saturday. Yeah, times have changed, unfortunately, but thankfully there were still a lot of good places you could go to watch a game during the holidays. Oh yeah, that's back when Jeremy Richmond was in high school Ooh. and uh, Throwing they names used to bring out. in some uh, Big Ten recruits. And uh, put them on display. Let some of the locals play as well. I think there were. Cool I think there were a few Division One recruits on display at that Christie Clinic shootout you were talking about. Well, you wrote about Tevin Smith today. In the sure did. Design. I would say he's one of them. Certainly, Auburn, and Oregon are looking at him. Illinois brought him in already. Okay, that's Danville that's, sophomore. That's D one. <laughs> part of a uh, IESA powerhouse, and probably, as you might say later in the show, the best team in the area. We might say that. We'll see if uh, we'll see if it still holds up after two weeks off. But before we really. Uh, break it down and get into basketball nitty-gritty want to uh want to shift gears here a little bit uh centennial high school going to be inducting its new hall of fame class its second athletic hall of fame class next month uh and we wanted to talk about that a little bit on this show today uh we're joined uh 
we joined by what we got tony we got tony we're joined now by centennial athletic director tony miller tony thanks so much for being part of the show tonight no i appreciate it uh always a good show that you guys put on and i'm i'm happy that you were able to have me on tonight oh absolutely when you uh you asked if there was any way we could talk about the hall of fame a little bit i couldn't think of a better venue since this is a uh you know it's, it's high school basketball right now but it's ultimately a high school sports show so let's talk a little bit let's dive into this uh, before we talk about the the upcoming class the class of 2019 take me back to 2017 when this idea kind of gets rolling why how did the centennial athletic hall of fame come about and why was it time to to get this going uh, you know, I, it's funny. I remember kind of answering that question a few times last year and even thinking about it over the past year since we've already had a class. It just was time. Um, you know, we've been around. Last year was our 50th year. Our first uh, first graduating class uh, was 50 years ago last spring. And so it kind of made time tying that in, 50th reunion and also our first Hall of Fame. But we have so many uh, people who have gone through this building, whether they're athletes or not athletes, that have really done great things both here at Centennial High School and then after they left. And so being able to reward some of those who did um, did great things athletically, again, both here and then and then beyond, is it seemed like an easy fit. It's been talked about for a long, long time, I think, um, going back through some of the files. You know, this is only my fourth year here at Centennial High School, and I had – a very thick Hall of Fame file <laughs> where I was able to go back and read letters from old principals and athletic directors that were here, two or three athletic directors before me. So it's been a conversation that's been brought up several times. It just, for whatever reason, was time to do it. And I was able to, you know, get a committee together and they really spearheaded it. And it, it's been great ever since. Now, uh, before we get into this specific 2019 class, and I'm going to mention all the names of these individuals who are going to be inducted next month, describe the selection process for me. You mentioned you had so many names, so many different people who you have chosen and I'm sure still will choose moving forward. How did how does the selection process work for this? Sure. Um, when we first met as a committee, um, I brought them together and kind of put it on them. I go to committee meetings, but I'm not actually, I'm not a voting member. I just kind of make sure that we have a space for it and kind of lead everything in, in that sense. But the committee is responsible for, or has been responsible for bringing names forward, get, gathering information, talking about their nominees. Um, every, we have uh, nine committee members, and so each of them has an opportunity to bring however many they feel you know comfortable, five, six, seven. We spend an evening talking about them, and then we take about a month break where the committee is then able to kind of do some of their own research and reflect on the conversations that we had that night. We bring it back together, and, and we have a ballot, and we vote. And then, you know, the, the top vote getters, as any Hall of Fame, you know, is done, the top vote getters then we, we put in place. So it's, it's been an interesting and, and fun process. Um, there's been a lot of great conversations in those committee rooms um, over different athletes. And, and for me, you know, as I said earlier, I'm, I've only been here for four years, so I'm getting a history lesson on Centennial Athletics mm -hmm. um, and really Champaign Centennial overall. 
um, which has been great for me as well. Yeah, right, right. Now I I will uh, go ahead and read off this this list because it's been out the the 2019 Centennial Hall of Fame class, and I'm going to sure. apologize to these individuals if I get some of their names wrong, but I think most of them are pretty straightforward as far as pronunciation. Yep. But you got Ed Jenkins, a 1970 graduate for football. Uh, Steve Ward, 1972 grad, football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, Matt Hergis, 1988 graduate in baseball. Uh, Nicole Millage, 1995 in volleyball and softball. Uh, Kendall Shores in 1996, a tennis player for Centennial. Candy Phillips, also a 1996 graduate, track and field athlete. Uh, Reggie Hodges, 2000 graduate, football and basketball player for the Chargers. Uh, Michael Alexandrov, 2003 Chargers graduate, who was a swimmer. Uh, Annie Parrott, also a 2003 graduate who played basketball. And then these last two names, U of I uh, folk are going to uh, remember quite uh, fondly. Mikel Lashore, 2008 grad, football and basketball player. And then Ravante Rice, a 2010 grad, who is, of course, a basketball player. So, Tony, now that I've read all those names off, uh, quick refresher course for everybody. How you feel about this class? You know, this is a great second class. We thought our first class was, you know, very elite, and these people just missed out on that first class, and, mm-hmm. and now they're getting their due. You know, their due um, coming in as a second class, showing that they are just as elite as our first class. You know, you talk about some of the names on here. The, the um, you know, Michael Alexandrov has been in the Olympics a couple different times as a swimmer. You have Ravante Rice, who's still currently playing overseas. Mm-hmm. I just talked to him earlier this week, and he just signed and, and is off to Europe um, for the season. You know, Reggie Hodges punted for eight years in the NFL. You go back to Steve Ward and mm-hmm. and Ed Jenkins and, and what they did back in the 70s. You know, Steve Ward even is a Parkland. I believe he's a member of Parkland's Hall, Athletic Hall of Fame. So, you know, just the amount of, of things that these guys have done, Nicole Millage and what she did mm-hmm. after the accident and being able to go to the Paralympics and, and still compete at the highest level and, and volleyball, you know, it's just every time I look at some of these athletes, whether it's last year, whether it's this year's group, or whether it's some of these people who haven't got inducted yet but eventually will, we have just a great history here at Centennial High School, and, and like I said, we're just we're happy to be showing it off now. Certainly, yeah, and I, I would recommend that anybody who maybe one or two of those names you're not familiar with or you want to learn more about what Tony's saying with some of their accomplishments, definitely go and look these people up. I'm, uh, the News Gazette, I know, has written stories about all of these individuals or even you know a simple Google search will give you a lot of info about any of these individuals. But to, to wrap this up, uh, what, what are you going to be doing, Tony, to honor these individuals? And if someone wants to be involved with that process, uh, how, how do they get involved? Sure. Um, We're going to have an open house for them on Friday, February 1st at 6 o'clock during our home sophomore boys basketball game against Peoria Richwoods. I believe Peoria Richwoods is the opponent that night. Um, But in the cafeteria just outside the gym, we're just going to have kind of a meet and greet open house. Most of the um, candidates will be here. As I said, Ravante is not going to be able to make it because he's going to be in Europe. Um, Bonnie Blair was going to try to make it back this year because she couldn't last year, but her daughter is also um, doing some Olympic speed skating stuff over in Europe, and so she won't be able to be here this year again. But um, we're still going to have everybody here, and we'll introduce them between games. And then on February 2nd, we'll have a banquet out at uh, 
at the Regent in Savoy, the Regent Ballroom. Uh, the tickets are $40 a piece, and you can either go on uh, on our school website or you can call the athletic office for more information, and we'll get you some information about tickets. But it should be a great night. Speeches, even though they've all come back with saying, do I have to speak? Yeah, you got to <laughs> speak. doesn't have to be very long, but you got to speak for a little bit. So it'll be a great night, both um, Friday night and Saturday night. Very good. Excellent. Tony Miller, Centennial Athletic Director. Tony, so glad to be able to talk about the second Hall of Fame class for the Chargers. Thanks again for uh, getting on the show tonight and uh, looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate you having me on. That's a loaded class. That was a good history lesson, right? 22 kids in two years. Yeah. Well, oh, he said he's got books of guys and girls, and I believe him. I mean, Centennial mm-hmm. Athletics goes back, uh, obviously, 50 years, right. uh, and there's been a lot of good athletes. I mean, just look at the, the Olympic history with some of these athletes. That alone is, is impressive. Steve Ward, I know his son's Dustin Ward, yeah. went on to uh, play at Illinois. Yeah. A lot of good folks on Ward this list, and like yeah. he said, it was time. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it was long overdue to get Centennial. Yeah, so. I would agree with that. For as big of the as a, of a school as that is with the as big of an alumni base mm-hmm. as it has yeah i would absolutely agree with that all right i know you had your list of a thousand point scores right there's a few centennial kids on here's there. what i need colin i need everybody's hall of famers in one file go. on our website okay make it happen i'll work on make that. it be i need to update our thousand point score list too now that you yes you do it, and you then go. you also need to get every hall of famer from every one of our 50 area high schools <laughs> thanks i appreciate it i don't by the end <laughs> of march the marching orders <laughs> Well, first, I'm going to uh, break down our girls' basketball top 10 since that's what we're here to do on this show. Uh, this was in today's News Gazette, but in case you know some more, we're going to break that down here right now before we jump into the boys, which is going to be in tomorrow's News Gazette. So let's start with the girls' top 10. going to throw a few teams out here before we head to our first break of the show. Uh, checking in at number 10 this week, we have the Villa Grove Heritage Blue Devils. Ooh. The Blue Devils are 13 and 5. They stay put at number 10 this week after defeating Arcola 52 to 29. Uh, the team has traded wins and losses over its last seven games. Went 3 and 2 in the Bismarck Blue Devil Classic during the holidays. Villagrove Heritage uh, visits Chrisman on Tuesday and Hudsonville Palestine on Thursday before going into the LOVC Southeast Tournament. Checking in at number nine this week, we have the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. Falcons are 15-4. and four. They're new to our rankings after defeating Tremont 54-26 and Iroquois West 51-27. The Falcons have won three straight and have lost just one time since starting the season 2-3, and three, so they're on quite a, a run right now. Uh, Gibson City visits El Paso Gridley tonight, hosts Hayworth and Cisna Park on Thursday and Saturday, respectively. And uh, before her game, her team's game tonight against El Paso Gridley, I was able to talk with Gibson City Melvin Sibley coach Kerry Dornbush uh, she discussed with me uh, the team's expectations coming into the season and if this 15-4 this and four start was a surprise, uh, what some early losses to St. Joe and Unity and Eureka, all bigger schools than Gibson City, did for the team, and also how important a balanced lineup has been for the Falcons. I had high expectations for this team going into the season, and I think a lot of people did. You know, the players included. They had, they've kind of set their goals early, and they want to do well this season, you know, especially the the three strong seniors we have on the starting lineup. They worked hard during those games. You know, there's tough losses, but I definitely think proven and, and kind of grown from those games as, you know, our kind of record shows from those three straight losses we had and and then just one since. So they've definitely learned from them and they're keep improving. They know what they need to do to keep moving forward. 
I like the the well the well rounded you know play that we get. I mean, we have a lot of scores on the team, which you know helps us out. We can't have you know we're not reliant on one person to do all the scoring for us. And then the hard work they put in and the effort they put in on defense. You know, we really like to see the you know the hard nosed defense, and you know they've really pushed for that. And I love the way they've been playing lately on that. It was Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, girls coach Carrie Dornbush, and uh, her Falcons are trying to challenge the boys' version of the team to, uh, to uh, I guess, court supremacy over in Gibson City. Are they bad at anything? Not right now, in no. County? <laughs> you know, you get those classes sometimes that roll through, and those Gibson City kids, uh, yeah, they're, they're on fire right now. All right, Colin, let's take a break. We'll get back with the rest of our girls' top ten, then we'll unveil our boys' top ten after this. Now, back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. 619 News Gazette Media Headquarters, downtown Champaign. Part of a powerful three-hour basketball window every Monday. Yeah, we need a... we need, uh, you know, on the, the Brad Underwood show, maybe they'll uh, discuss the, the big women's win yesterday. Beat a ranked Minnesota team on the road for first Big Ten when you Nancy know, Fahey. You know what happened when they got home? Uh, they they partied? No, they had a surprise <laughs> yeah, for well, them waiting at the airport. They, they said, hey, before you take the bus, go over to this separate room. And they they fooled them, said it was some security check. Oh, jeez. Instead, there was... A group of well-wishers with a cake. And oh, wow. A.D. Josh Whitman had nice words to say. We'll, oh, we'll cool. write about it in tomorrow's paper. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, Big congrats to that team. Yep. Uh, Brad Underwood, as Colin said, is on at 7 o'clock with Brian Barnhart down in Savoy. Check that out if you want. Yeah. Uh, go on down there and get dinner if you want. Some recruiting news that he can't talk about. How about that? <laughs> Technically, he cannot. <laughs> Correct. A lot of recruiting news All in right. Illinois lately. We're doing high school hoops in yep. this hour, That's of right. course, and we're glad to be back. Colin, where were we on your girls' top ten? Well, we were only two teams in, so we still got a ways to go here. So let's uh, let's get to it. Uh, checking in at number eight this week, we have the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Uh, one of the longest team names in the area, the Blue Devils at 17-4. and four. They stay put at number eight this week after defeating Westville, but losing to St. Joseph Ogden. No shame in losing to the Spartans, who will make an appearance later on this countdown. Uh, Bismarck finished 4-1 and one in its own Blue Devil Classic during the holidays, losing to Benton Central out of Indiana in the final. Uh, Bismarck is at Georgetown Ridge Farm tonight before hosting Schlarman on Thursday. That matchup's already happened once, so the Bismarck will try to gain some revenge after losing to the Hilltoppers earlier this year. Uh, then the Vermilion County Tournament starts this weekend. So uh, big, big, uh, big time coming up for Bismarck as well as another team we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, coming in at number seven this week, we have the Tuscola Warriors. The Warriors are 16-5. and five. They're a big mover this week, up two spots after defeating Fisher and Unity last week. They're on a seven-game win streak, which included capturing the Monticello Holiday Hoopla title for just the second time in school history. Uh, Tuscola will be heading to Warrensburg-Latham on Thursday before jumping into the Central Illinois National Trail Conference uh, crossover games between those two conferences over the weekend. Uh, another team coming up in the Vermilion County Tournament. It's our number six team this week, the Oakwood Comets. Comets, uh, Jim mentioned their gym earlier. We'll mention uh, their girls' basketball team. Now they're 15-5. and five. They stay put at number six. Defeated Milford last week by 15 points. Uh, Oakwood finished 2-2 two and two in the challenging State Farm Holiday Classic small school pool during the holiday season. 
Uh, the Comets will host Hoopston area and Salt Fork today and Thursday, respectively, before jumping into that aforementioned Vermilion County Tournament, which you can be sure I will be providing some coverage of as it goes along. Coming in at number five this week, we have the Watsika Warriors. Second group of Warriors on this list, Watsika is 16-2, stays put at number five after defeating Iroquois West and Milford last week. Uh, Watsika's won four in a row, finished the Blue Devil Classic in Piatone with a 3-1 record, losing only to state-ranked Kankakee, very good Kankakee team. Uh, Watsika visits Donovan for a rare Wednesday game. Then uh, Cisna Park comes, in, or they visit Cisna Park on Thursday, and they visit Fisher on Saturday. So loaded schedule coming up for Watsika. Coming in at number four this week, we have the Sullivan Redskins. Uh, the Redskins are 17-1. and one. They stay put in our rankings as well at number four after defeating Nioga and Mount Zion, the latter in comeback fashion. Pretty big win for the program. Uh, Sullivan has won 13 in a row since losing to Tutopolis on November 26th, so Sullivan didn't even lose a game in December, trying to do the same in January. Uh, Sullivan also won the Knights Classic in Arthur before the holidays really got underway. Uh, they're visiting Saragorda Bement tonight, then they host Clinton on Thursday, and uh, then they head into that aforementioned Central Illinois National Trail Conference crossover series over the weekend. Uh, before that game against Cerro Gordo Bement tonight, I was able to catch up with longtime Sullivan coach Sherry McCain. Uh, she talked to me about what good Saturday's win against Mount Zion did for her group. Anytime you can be successful, and, and especially in the postseason, and they got to see, you know, this town and the support uh, that these girls received. Um, you know, they loaded up the buses and the gym was packed. I mean, just that atmosphere um, and just, uh, you know, the town coming together and supporting this team, um, you know, made a huge difference. Um, and it kind of set precedence and, and to, you know, the success that we wanted to have. So, and, you know, that loss in the, you know, this uh, sectional championship, um, you know, a lot of those younger girls took it really hard. Um, they knew that, you know, they were two games away from a state tournament. So, you know, they, that kind of motivated them. I mean, I had girls on day two of the school year, you know, asking me when we could, when they could get in the gym and shoot. Um, this is probably the first year and, you know, as long as years I've been here that I had girls a month, month and a half before, you know, they were running, they were conditioning, they were shooting. Um, and, and not just one or two, but several of them. So they, you know, they've been motivated for, you know, since that last, uh, last game of sectional uh, championship. That was Sullivan coach Sherry McCain, and I actually uh, misrepresented what she said there. That was not her talking about the Mount Zion uh, win. That was her talking about what preceded this this strong season they've had so far at 17-1 and was a surprising run to a regional championship and nearly a sectional championship last year. Uh, the Redskins went into the postseason under 500 and uh, nearly made a run to the uh, state semifinals. So uh, that's that's what Sherry McCain was talking about there. So my apologies for, for misrepresenting that initially. Is this top half of your uh, top ten ever going to change? Not really, no. This is going to be like football, just the same <laughs> old teams. Oh, I mean, as long as they keep winning, they don't have to change. Mix it up, Colin. The, Throw somebody a bone. The interesting you? thing that I was noticing, though, is our top girls' top ten is primarily focused on the bottom half of our alphabet. It's very much focused on the S's and the T's and the U's down there, just Whoa. all just all, all at the bottom of the schedule. Like Bismarck's the only one breaking that up over there. You might need a break. Colin. No, I don't right. think so. I just read a lot of schedules. That's all. Uh, let's continue our girls' basketball countdown, though. Finish with our top three teams here. Checking in at number three, we have the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Spartans are 15-4. and four. They stay put at number three after defeating Olympia and Bismarck Henning last week. Good win, the latter over Bismarck Henning. 
Uh, the Olympia win, though, ended a two-game losing streak for St. Joe, which it had coming out of the State Farm Holiday Classic. Uh, St. Joe hosts Unity today, uh, is at Prairie Central on Thursday, and then hosts Mattoon on Saturday, so nice busy week for the Spartans. Coming in at number two this week, we have the Tri-County Titans. <laughs> Titans at 15-3. and three. Uh, They stay put at number two despite suffering some losses uh, during their holiday tournament. Uh, Tri-County defeated Salt Fork last week. Uh, that Charleston holiday tournament they were in, Tri-County by far the smallest school in that event. Uh, but losses to Charleston and Effingham, uh, no real pain. Those are much bigger schools. Also a loss to Tutopolis, a reigning Class 2A state qualifier, only by six points as well. So I'm not going to ding Tri-County too much. Uh, the Titans head to Martinsville on Thursday before the LLVC Southeast Tournament gets underway this weekend. And coming in at number one this week, we have the Schlarman Hilltoppers. Hilltoppers staying at number one as they have all season. They're 14-2, and two, defeated Georgetown Ridge Farm 83-5, and then Homewood Flossmore 50-40 last week. Uh, Schlarman did suffer its second loss of the season uh, over uh, the holiday break, went 2-1 and one in an event in Cincinnati. But when you consider that they lost to a team that's won three state titles in five years in Ohio, I think that kind of dampens the blow of that loss. But uh, Schlarman getting back on the horse here with a, a trip to Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin on Thursday. Wait, did I hear 83-5? to 83-5, yeah. Schlarman, uh, what is wrong with that? Schlarman is—they have a potent lineup. Uh, they had a while we were on break. They—they uh, they had another athlete commit to a Division One college. Uh, Capria Brown's going to Xavier University to continue her basketball career. So now they've got girls going to Notre Dame, Xavier, and Oakland to play basketball. So that's pretty significant. But eighty-three to five. I mean, it happens. That's—I it don't think it does. Well, it did here, so I don't know happen. what to tell you. I All mean, right. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to ever hear that score again. You, well, I—I I don't. I—I I have no control over that. All right, you got me at a loss you want, for words. Do you honestly. want me to tell you where you messed up this, this sure. week? Sure. All right, let's go over where Colin messed up. This is a. This needs to be accompanied by some kind of like music in the background <laughs> or something. Well, I, I would say Urbana is probably getting a little bit of the shaft. You know, yeah, that. Uh, I would say that happened last week. There was a little bit of confusion with uh, results being reported from their holiday tournament and that resulted in them, in them not being ranked last week then they yeah. uh, they they suffered a loss so I, I had to keep them out but they they're very they're right there they're on the fringe of the top 10 all right and number one omission the champagne central maroons the colin Mar what are you doing the maroons have lost two in a row but they're still right there don't don't <laughs> worry the both those big school teams are there and i can't I, I can say that fans of those schools should continue listening because there might be some representation in the boys' top ten. They're not only going to listen, they're going to come boycott outside the News Gazette. <laughs> Poncho Moore is going to bring the team down and yeah. say, Colin, we finished second at a holiday tournament you know, over in Decatur you know, it in was, the last second loss, and you dropped yeah, us out of the poll. You know, it was... It was interesting, actually, because when I was over at uh, St. Joe for that Christie Clinic shootout last weekend, I talked with Cisna Park boys coach Kevin Long, who he said, uh, you know, people, there's a there's an easy, I guess, pun if you want to say it on my last name. You can do like us and do you like us. So he said at one point the boys thought they had slipped in the rankings at some point this season. They said, oh, Colin doesn't like us. And I was like, man, that's I got I to gotta steal that one for something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough. That I'll I'll keep it at those two teams that oh, you're thanks. that you're leaving out of the top ten. Maybe we can. I'm not saying that. they can't come back in. I mean, it's right there. All right, uh, we're halfway home. We'll uh, tell you where Colin messed up in the boys' top ten after this break. 
The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues with Colin and Jim on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Listen to us afterward on the podcast. You're on Facebook Live right now, right, Colin? I am, yeah, being followed by my family. Like every week. Yeah. They kind of stalk you a little bit. (laughs) Something like that. I I think it's called support. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, you know, whatever. But (laughs) I I should mention, though, using that intro, uh, we can't do that in a couple weeks. I am going to miss an episode of this show at the end of the month so I can... We'll straighten out your top tens that week then. So I can take my first first real vacation since July. (laughs) There are no vacations here. At no, there are not. All right, Colin, there are, let's, stri- let's keep that straight. There are not. There, there are not. We work and we work and we we enjoy our work. It's a fun. It is way to work. I'm just letting people know that uh, you tune. Every, everybody will tune in that week, especially Hashtag from Central. Free Colin, <laughs> especially from Central. They'll all be tuning in to listen to Jim man yeah, this cha- show. I'm, I'm changing that. Your dog gone top ten. <laughs> all right, We're on uh, Snapchat too. So if you want to go to News Hyphen Gazette, well, follow along with the rest of the kids. This week I get to keep my top ten as I want it. So let's. Your boys isn't bad. Boys isn't bad. Yeah. Well, I I see some of the teams in it. Uh, well, your so. first two are long overdue. A long, okay. <laughs> they, you know, you know they're both. I mean, they've played tougher schedules than a lot of other teams in the area, but they are both at five hundred. I mean, it's. It's tough to rank a team below 500. I'm just telling you, Colin. I, I trying know. to keep it real over here. It's hard. The, the parameters always change, to be fair. Let's reveal that boys' basketball top 10. It's going to be in Tuesday's News Gazette. Jim's rustling the paper with the boys' top 10 on it. Checking in at number 10, we have the Centennial Chargers. Chargers are 7-7, seven and seven, down one spot, though, after losing to Lincoln last week. Uh, they posted a 2-1 and one record at the Kankakee Holiday Tournament, the large school pool for that event. Wins over Bradley Bourbon A uh, and a team from Tennessee as well. Uh, sent, actually, that was Champaign Central at that Tennessee win. But there was a team from Tennessee in the Centennial event. There's so many Tennessee teams, I can't keep track of them all. But Centennial uh, will try to keep uh, its winning ways going here. It's got a tough path to do that this week. Visits Normal Community on Tuesday, then hosts Champaign Central and Morton in back-to-back games. So that's three really tough ones. If Centennial comes out of that, say, 2-1, and one, or, mm-hmm. man, if they come out 3-0, and oh, that's, uh, that's a huge boost for Tim Lavin's program. Normal Community, really big. A yeah. big team. Uh, yes, very big. Yeah, that uh, I would uh, put them up there for Big 12 favorites. I would say so. Friday night Centennial Central game on DWS. Yeah. Uh, Evan Kahn and uh, Scott Beatty called last Fridays. I think it's Tim Dittman and Michael Kaiser this Friday over at Centennial. Say hi to them when they're broadcasting yeah. there in the corner. All right? They always like that. Yep. Big 12, Big 12 is good this year. Normal Community, Danville, Bloomington, uh, Champaign Central could be a sleeper. There's some good teams over there. Centennial and Urbana don't want to be slept on either. Speaking of Urbana, they're our number nine team this week. New to the rankings, it's the Urbana Tigers. Hello. They are 9-9. Nine and nine. Uh, They lost to Crispus Attux out of Indiana, but that's a state-ranked team in Indiana, a very highly-ranked team over there. Uh, so uh, no real pain there. Urbana's in the rankings because of a 3-1 and record it posted at the Legends of Round Ball Classic in St. Louis with a lot of teams, uh, not even from the state of Illinois, so a very diverse event there uh, to show that off. Urbana got two wins over teams from Missouri in that event, so uh, that's that's a nice showing for the Urbana program. I'm telling you, and I've, I've said this before, this might be the year the Tigers regain their regional magic. 
They've had a lot of young talent coming through the pipeline, and now it's growing up and it's playing for the Tigers, who uh, host Danville on Tuesday, so that's a good test. And then they go to Bloomington on Friday, so this is probably one of their toughest weeks of the year as far as Big 12 is concerned. And to talk a little bit more about the Urbana Tigers, uh, I was able to catch up with Coach Verdell Jones. He discussed what he learned about his boys in that Legends of Winter Round Ball Classic over in St. Louis. My quest has always been to make sure that we're improving. Um, I'm always asking the question, are we getting better? And so um, one of the things that we try to emphasize in terms of that uh, process is, uh, you know, are we still con- you know, consumed in terms of our conversation about the same things that we've been talking about previously? And so uh, as we continue to eliminate that, I think that's a, a true barometer in terms of our progress. And so I was happy to see that we bounced back. I thought it was a very good tournament. I had a lot of talented teams there. I think we were the only team from outside the state of Illinois that was there. And so, um, you know, this is a kind of part of the uh, agenda that we we're seeking in terms of Urbana basketball to expose our kids to different genres, different environments of, of basketball. Um, I've, I've always held that I feel the best basketball is played in the state of Illinois. Um, but I'd like to go places and have our kids exposed to different other brands of basketball. So in keeping in line with that, um, that's why we went to St. Louis this year. Previously, in previous years, we've gone to Collinsville, but this pre- this past year we decided we wanted to, you know, to try something different. And Collinsville is an excellent tournament. Uh, but, you know, I, I was exact, I was excited about what this opportunity afforded our, our young people in terms of their experience and the opportunity to play against programs they've never seen before. That was Urbana coach Fidel Jones. I, uh, I haven't had a lot of Urbana rep, uh, live Urbana rep, on uh, any of our prep confidential shows yet, so it was good to hear from Verdell mm-hmm. Jones there. Checking in at number eight as we roll along with our top ten now, we have the Tuscola Warriors. The Warriors stay and put at number eight. They defeated Clinton 54-42 to in a game that I saw on Friday night. You can see my video and my uh, story from that game at news-gazette.com. Uh, before that, Tuscola finished 2-2 two and two in the loaded Monticello Holiday Hoopla event. Uh, Tuscola now moves on to host Unity on Tuesday night as well as visiting Shelbyville on Friday. Coming in at number seven this week, we have the St. Thomas More Sabres. Another team from the Champaign-Urbana area down one spot after losing a hard-fought game to a good Tutopolis team, 61-58. to uh, STM finished 2-2 two and two at the State Farm Holiday Classic before that, uh, including a win over Anawan, which is a good win for STM, a team that's had some good wins, also a couple losses, not the Tutopolis one, but a couple losses where you say, oh, well, maybe, maybe that shouldn't have happened. So STM's kind of one of those Enigma teams right now. We're trying to figure them out. Uh, we'll get another chance to do that when the Sabres visit Hillsborough on Friday. Coming in next, uh, we have the, Mo- the <laughs> not Monticello, Monticello's after this team. We have the Champagne Central Maroons. The Maroons are number six this week, up one spot after defeating Normal West 50-41 to and Belleville Altoff 70-51. to Maroons are now 8-6 and six on the year. They finished fourth in the uh, perennially tough Centralia Holiday Tournament. Uh, after wins over Thornton Fractional North and Arlington, Tennessee. There's that Tennessee team I was talking about. I knew they were around here somewhere. The rivalry game against Centennial is on Friday, and then Central gets an interesting trip to Libertyville on Saturday. Uh, That is where former Central Athletic Director John Woods is now the athletic director. So do the Maroons want revenge for John Woods leaving? I have no idea, but I guess we'll find out. Coming in at number five this week, we have the Monticello Sages. 
The Sages are 11-3, down one spot after losing to Cisna Park in a hard-fought game at the Christie Clint Classic over the weekend. But Monticello did finish with a 3-1 record at its own holiday hoopla event. Monticello gets back on the horse at Clinton on Tuesday before hosting a good Paxton Buckley Loda team just outside our top 10 on Friday. Coming in at number four this week, we have the Judah Christian Tribe. Tribe are 14 and two, up one spot, though they did not play a game last week. They took some time off after being involved in the BSN Classic, uh, in which they finished with a four and one record in third place. Uh, Judah Christian is at Cornerstone tonight, the only boys team in our top 10 playing a game this evening. Then they go to Uni High tomorrow night, host Arcola on Friday, and host Villagrove Heritage on Saturday. So loaded schedule for Judah Christian. And coming in at number three, we have the Cisna Park Timberwolves. Timberwolves are 14-1. and They stay put at number three after defeating Iroquois West and, as mentioned before, Monticello. Uh, Cisna Park finished 3-1 and one at the Duster Thomas Hoops Classic in Pinckneyville, suffering its first loss of the year uh, by single digits to Salem. All of the other wins for Cisna Park have been by double digits, have not uh, won a game by single digits yet, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, Cisna Park will visit South Newton, Indiana on Tuesday, uh, visit Clifton Central on Friday, and then bring in St. Anne on Saturday. And before we took our last break of the evening, uh, since we're on the topic of Cisna Park, Jim, did you want to mention Anthony Zillis's Cisna Park story that ran well, in Sunday's News Gazette? For our print audience uh, readers, uh, you would notice Cisna Park made A1 on Sunday. Yep. I know you were at the basketball game against <laughs> Monticello, and that yeah. was in the sports page. They made but, multiple multiple pages. But uh, Cisna, uh, we used to, to kick off our new series once a month, Small Towns, Big Deals. And uh, basketball happened to play a role in Anthony's mm-hmm. visit to Cisna Park. It, it The community just kind of uh, envelopes it, uh, yeah. loves it. It's a uh, Hoosier-esque feel, right? It is Hoosierish uh, like that. And to have the state's top-ranked team from a school of less than 100 kids mm-hmm. in a city of less than 1,000, yeah. is it doesn't happen a lot. No. And I had a chance to watch them uh, on Saturday in St. Joan. was very impressed, mm-hmm. A, by the fans in the stands. Yeah, fans are loud. <laughs> and the two big kids. <laughs> the two the six, basket. seven kids, yeah. That, that, those don't, those kids like that don't show up for 2A and 3A schools sometimes, let alone 1A. Right. It did not look like a school of less than 100. Yeah. And uh, it showed why they uh, did so well when they were in junior high. But uh, the town does uh, really uh, revolve around basketball, mm-hmm. and it showed with the uh, historical pictures at the restaurant and uh, just how much attention is given to the boys on the team. Yeah, it's good stuff, and Anthony did a great job with the story, I thought. You can read it at news-gazette.com. But, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to take our last break of the night. We're going we're gonna to bring in a coach who's not in our top ten, right outside it, though. His team is on the rise, and we're going to reveal the rest of our top ten after our last break of the night. Can't wait. Back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. We only got two months left of the season, Colin. Season's almost over. I'm gotta, sad. We got to figure out what to do after basketball season as far as the show goes. Well, of course, we got spring sports. We do have spring sports. Why not? We got to get a sponsor. Track. Somebody sponsor Girl us. soccer. Track fans would love it if we did Softball. a show about track. Softball. Track fans would line up outside this building to with signs in support of us if we did a show about the about track and field. I guarantee it. <laughs> Step forward, somebody. See what goes on. 
Uh, well, we get we can't forget about basketball because we're right. still in the midst of that. So let's uh, before we jump back in with our our top ten, finish off the top ten for this week. Wanted to talk with a coach. Uh, whose team is just on the cusp of the top 10 right now. And I'm joined now by Leroy coach Mark Edmondson. Mark, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Colin. Well, uh, your Panthers have won seven of their last eight games uh, after starting the season one and three back in uh, late November. What's been the key to that uh, that turnaround? Well, actually, we've won the last eight after starting one and three. But um, <laughs> I must have a record wrong. <laughs> I did look on on the News Gazette side. It is wrong. We, you have a solution. Oh, there you go. That's see. This is why um, we have coaches on sometimes, so we can get our <laughs> record straight. <laughs> um, we're we're typically a slow starting team, um, so we struggled a little bit over Thanksgiving. We actually we we hit our place in the Gibson City tournament where we caught them getting their football players back. Uh, yeah. Help either. So, uh, but we've just you know we've won some close games uh, three or four of them that could have gone either way and that makes a huge difference and and we're pretty deep i go about 9 or 10 deep and uh, that helps when you got somebody that isn't playing well you can throw somebody else in and and also for competition and practice and we're just we're having some success right now well many of your wins have come against teams uh, inside your your conference the heart of illinois conference you have a 5 and 1 record although that might be i might have that wrong at this point i need to go back and see which which game we messed up regardless you guys are beating a lot of heart of illinois conference teams how important is that especially since the mclean county hoic tournament is kind of right on the horizon here well our our conference is very difficult and so anytime you can be over 500 in our conference i consider it an excellent year um, the conference tournament is, is a big deal around this area because the McLean County tournament is what it's become. But even more important to me than that is our conference really prepares us for the postseason. It makes our regionals look very winnable and, and the sectionals possible. So the strength of our conference, really, it, it's not fun during the year, but it really helps us come postseason. Well, uh, your team was one of those that did not play in a uh, holiday tournament uh, around Christmas time. So what did you do with the boys to uh, to kind of keep them fresh, keep them focused while they're waiting for their next game? Well, we never play in a Christmas tournament. I kind of like to divide the seasons in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the first couple of months with practice and then the Thanksgiving tournament in December. And, and then we kind of I, I gave them four days for Christmas. We come back in, we have eight or nine hard practices from Christmas on. And, you know, I, I, we put in a couple of defenses. We put in some more sets. Um, we, we talk about the things that we need to improve on. And, and really now we are starting the second season. It's such a long season, I like to divide it. Makes sense to me. Leroy coach Mark Edmondson talking with us now. Uh, who are some of the athletes who have been showing out for you guys? Who do we need to be talking more about when we think about the Leroy Panthers? Well, our leading scorer and four-year starter is Nick Perry. I mean, he averages over 17 a game, um, also a good rebounder and, and leads us in assists. Uh, he's been actually one of the school's best players now the last four years of the history of the school, the, one of our best players, and, and he's our leader every game. And the nice thing is, is after that, we've got a couple of senior posts named Payne Mayfield and Nate Sammer, but in addition to those two seniors who have played for two or three years, I also have a couple of sophomore posts. Um, We've got uh, Max Buckles and Logan Peterson, and the same type of thing with our guards. We've got we've got some. We we kind of are a senior sophomore team, and when those seniors are tired or it's not going well, I have sophomores who can come in and do the job. Nice uh, diverse lineup there. Now thinking about uh, some of those seniors you have, they uh, they would be familiar 
with the state title you guys won in 2016. And uh, since then, you know, you had a couple teams that have finished around the 500 mark, but now it looks like these guys this year in 2018-19 are, are kind of on the rise. So knowing that those those ties still exist, that 2016 state title, as far as your seniors go, does that do anything to, to help the boys, to motivate the boys here? Oh, well, the big thing it really did was it made us think it was possible. And not even necessarily a state championship, but it used to be, especially in the two-class system, that winning a regional was a huge deal. And I think this team almost feels like that's something they absolutely should do and that a sectional is a possibility. And when you've only won one sectional in the history of your school, for them to believe that, what, they, what, what happened in 16, it has actually absolutely changed how our kids act and think about the postseason. Now, uh, just uh, wrapping up with this this point about the, that state title back in 2016, are you guys enjoying Matt Chastain over at Illinois State? He is healthy, and he's starting now. He's got a little different role over there than he had with us, but it was really fun watching him play this past weekend. He, I don't know if you saw the game, but he took three charges, got some big rebounds and loose balls near the end of the game, and I think he played around 25 to 30 minutes and just had, didn't score a point, but had an incredibly solid game, and he was a big help to the win. It, yeah. it is our kids love it, and so does the, the community going over to Washington. Certainly, yeah. I was uh, following along on Twitter, saw his name popping up quite a bit. But uh, Mark Edmondson, Leroy, boys basketball coach. Mark, thanks again for joining the show tonight, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for the correct coverage, Colin. really appreciate it. This is why we bring coaches on, so they can help mm-hmm. us figure out what the record is for, for their teams. He said Matt Chastain has a little different role. If you remember him at Leroy, he was a dunking fool. Uh, right? he, he would score 30 points right. a game and throw down huge dunks. And yeah, yeah he, uh, he, he didn't single-handedly lead Leroy there. They had plenty of other kids helping out, but he was a big reason those Leroy Panthers were able to win that state title yep. back in 2016. Great to see him healthy and uh, contributing to the Redbirds. Yeah, and he's, he's, still got the, he's still got that flow that he he had toward the end of his time uh, at Leroy. He's, uh, it's only expanded now that he's in college. So, uh, yeah, glad to see him healthy and uh, competing for one of the, the in-state schools. But uh, let's wrap up our top ten here before we, we close with some thoughts about uh, some holiday tournament action, some boys' holiday tournament action. Checking in at number two this week, we have the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. Uh, the Falcons stayed put at number two this week. They're 13-2, and two, defeated Tremont and Hoopston area last week. Uh, This is feeling a lot like last year's boys basketball team, where as soon as they got their football players back, they uh, could not be beat. Uh, The Falcons have not lost since their football players have returned. They've won 12 games in a row. They captured the Monticello Holiday Hoopla title for the second consecutive year, so things are going well for Ryan Tompkins' program. Uh, They head to El Paso Gridley tomorrow night before hosting Hayworth on Friday, both of those Heart of Illinois Conference games. And rounding out our top ten for this week, we have the number one Danville Vikings. Vikings are 14-2. They stay put at number one. They defeated Decatur MacArthur 71-67, as Jim uh, alluded to earlier in that Christie Clinic shootout over in St. Joseph. Uh, before that, the Vikings suffered their first two losses of the season, finished 2-2 two and two at the, the very tough Pontiac tournament, uh, including a two-point win over Lockport. Uh, Danville will head to Urbana on Tuesday and then to Peoria-Notre Dame on Friday to continue Big 12 play. 
Tell me about Tevin Smith. You wrote about him again in today's paper, the uh, sophomore, yep. uh, against some major looks. Yeah, Tevin Smith, a uh, very talented kid. Uh, if you go to a Danville game, he his cheering section is probably the loudest, not only there, but anywhere around. His parents and his, his well, his family, I should say. His family, very supportive of him. They wear shirts that have his name on them. They, they, they're backing him all the way. Um, and, yeah, he's a 6'4 athlete. He's a guard. He was uh, – shooting threes, driving into the lane. He was all over the place against Decatur MacArthur, and that's how he's been all season. Uh, he's getting – Illinois had him in when he was a freshman at Danville. He was barely playing at that point because Danville had four seniors and Sean Haupt, a junior, in its mm-hmm. starting lineup when Tevin Smith was a freshman. Uh, but now Tevin's really taken over this team. Uh, Auburn's looking at him. Oregon's looking at him. UT Martin was the first team to offer him. Uh, yeah, to get these kind of looks as a sophomore, I mean, uh, that's that's really impressive. And he's not it's not like he's up in Chicago where this happens all the time. You're in uh, East Central Illinois where that doesn't happen nearly as often. So uh, big, big props to him. And it's it seems like uh, that sophomore class right now with him and Khalil Terry over at Champaign Central, those are two kids that uh, they could really uh, represent this area at the next level. Cleo Terry with a big game on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, stayed out of foul trouble. Well, when, that's what I was going to say. Two or three. Yeah, when Cleo Terry stays mm-hmm. out of foul trouble, that Champaign Central team is hard to stop. And uh, Tevin Smith hasn't really had the same kind of foul trouble. But when Tevin Smith is on, that Danville team is hard to stop because mm-hmm. he's just really good. Four A team, Danville. Uh, so their yeah. postseason road will be a tough one. Oh yeah, but you know that's why they went to that Pontiac tournament, and it wasn't uh, perfect for them. It never was going to be. Uh, that's why they play the the teams they do. They play a lot of good teams. They beat a good Bloomington team, a team that's in 4A. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to overlook the Vikings if the 4A postseason started today. Had a chance to see Belleville West down in Centralia. Oh, they yeah. looked uh, every advertised. bit of part of state champion material, and that's without the big football player who's coming to Illinois, who apparently is not going to play this season. Yeah, Central uh, put in a tough tournament as well. They have back-to-back games against Belleville West and Evanston. Uh, I don't envy that draw whatsoever. Those are two really good programs, have been for some time. Uh, yeah, having Jim as our correspondent for Champaign <laughs> Central here, uh, we get to hear about some, some of the state's uh, – big teams because champagne central loads its schedule the 76th edition of that tournament just wow. a, a neat thing and that's why i like when i see monticello and heritage mm-hmm. uh, host these uh, christmas tournaments i heard coach edmondson say hey we don't go to christmas tournaments i bet some parents like him oh <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah because you know that those kind of tournaments you know while they are great while they are fun to see they do kind of disrupt vacations anyone might want to take <laughs> getting out of town for the holidays something like that you mentioned that bsn classic it's worth mentioning villagrove heritage a team that's right on the outside of our top 10 uh they won that bsn classic it's the first time they'd ever won it on their home floor that's a that's a heritage hosted co-op and they won it in heritage so that's the first time in, in school history they've ever done that so congratulations to that program Good stuff. Colin, where are you going to be this week? Well, I'm going to be doing Danville Urbana uh, okay. on Tuesday. I can't remember exactly where I'm going to be on Thursday. My, my girls' game coverage keeps getting a little thrown off. I was supposed to go to a girls' game in Paxton last week, but uh, got uh, we, we realized we had a mistake that uh, Scott Ritchie was covering a U of I basketball game, and he usually writes high school sports highlights on Thursday night, so I had to eschew my PBL uh, game to cut right high school sports highlights mm-hmm. but friday night i'm covering central centennial at centennial uh we're gonna have two preview stories ahead of that game one of them on sam beasley one of them you. on sam beasley and the other on one on bryson cowper excellent stuff two great players yep absolutely two big reasons that uh either team is going to win on friday 
See you next week, Cal. Sounds good. That's it for the returning edition, the first 2019 edition of the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Up next, we've got the Coach Brad Underwood show down at Buffalo Wild Wings and Savoy. Brian Barnhart down there getting set for that one. For Colin... For Jim, for Tamara, I'm Evan Kahn. We'll see you all next week.